podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back, and it's another episode of Round the Boards, the Speedway podcast, and we're back as a free. Hello. Hi. I've done it all talk at once. No, no, no. no it's, I, it, well, is it is it good that we're back as a three? I suppose Kane's back, which is... It might be good, to, we don't I, know yet. I have to say, though, Rob, we've had a, uh, a lot of good feedback about the two episodes we've done together. I must admit. Yeah, that's, see, you get rid of the deadwood, and look, looks what, look what happens, mate. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to them, so... No. Sorry. Only, 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 only cool people listen to listen to those. So, uh, welcome back, though, Kane. It is nice to have you here again. Thank you. It's, no, it's good to no, be it's back. not. Don't lie. Oh, okay. You don't need it's to lie. to be back. I don't we want to have, come back. Bye. We can have that that stupid input from a third person, can't we? Good rider. Good, good team. He's really fast and all that bad work. No, we used. I don't know if you listened to last week, Kane, but we actually used all that last week. Oh, he, he, what he am I even doing here? We said it. We said it because it made us feel like you were here. Oh, so you did miss me? Mm, I wouldn't say me. I think miss is a strong word. Okay. Um, okay. I think that it was noted that you weren't here. I would just like to make the announcement next season I will be starting a rival podcast by myself <laughs> to uh, take away that. all the fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, I did see actually. Um, Twitter died so of, almost, so um, that would have taken away my social media job that I don't do. Yeah, well, that's what. Well, the job then, that you sadly don't do, it didn't die. So I still need to do that, which I'm not doing. Besides, I. But anyway, the three are back, which is which is sadly ironic, seeing as uh, we're doing a review of Plymouth this week, who have been missing riders every other week. So I say every other; it's every week. I, I think it would have been actually fitting for us not to all be here. I mean, we could have just started. We, we could just started the podcast with silence. So we would. No one's this here. Plymouth review. No one's actually here. But yeah, well, we could have set fire to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, or failed a drugs test. But oh dear! Oh, wow! Oh dear! <laughs> Sorry. Awesome. Or signed a rider at the start of the season and then just claimed he was injured for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, we shall move on quickly. Sorry, sorry, Plymouth. This, this week, um, um, it's an AGM special this week, so uh, for the for the eagle-eyed amongst us, we will have seen that the, uh, the AGM took place in Coventry uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was. Uh, the, the, we say it Tuesday, it was probably Tuesday by the time that they had all sobered up, but... Yeah, last um, Tuesday. Some news has come out, and I'm delighted to say we're we're going to be joined on the show shortly by uh, Paul Bowen, that of uh, former the former Bellevue Colt, and also um, one of the faces of the British Speedway Network, who will be coming along to discuss all things AGM with us. And in fact, I'm going to invite him onto the show now. Um, oh, I don't know what I've done there. It's always good. We always pre-prepare this, you know. We're, we're, we're well advanced. We're, we're good with our uh, preparation. Well, I've, I've just sent him a link to the show, um, so he will be joining us shortly. And then um, all being well, unless we've got a lot to talk about, 
we shall be doing our championship reviews of Plymouth and of selected Glasgow this week, seeing as Leicester and Paul were in the final. Um, so we shall see how that goes. So we will just wait for Paul to join us. So as I was saying, um, AGM took place on Tuesday of this week. Um, for me, I know we're going to talk about some other bits in detail, but a lot of good stuff come out of that show, uh, out of the AGM. I think, Rob, you've been out in the back garden taking all them nails out of the uh, coffin. Yeah, I, I think it was it was all right. It's not you know, groundbreaking, but, uh, I mean, everybody likes to say that's another nail in the British Blue coffin, but I wouldn't say it's this AGM has is, is put any more nails in for certain, maybe taking one or two out. Um, I'm going to talk they've, about one that's been put back in. Well, yeah, I mean, they've they've got they've they've gone back to the old league scoring point system, which is, uh, I mean, I suppose in general it's a good thing. I mean, I I kind of like the other scoring system. To be honest, so I know it was a bit confusing, but I kind of liked it. Um, uh, if I've really got to pick holes, it's I think the points limit in the Premiership is too low. Because um, if you say the rising star is at most a four point rider. If everybody gets their averages, can't even win a match. Um, never understood that. And then I also don't understand why they why you would have a rising star in the top division. But I think we've covered that before. But rising star, you would normally have a rising. You know, if you're going to put a a set sort of selection of of younger riders at the reserve berth, you put them in the championship because the Premiership should be your top division, should be your you know your elite division as such. So you you, you should have riders that are the team should be all, you know, top riders. You know, I don't really understand the point of having a rising star in the top league, but not in the second league. But if I've got to pick holes, I think in general it's not too bad. But I could pick a few holes. One one argument I'm just going to pick up with you there, Rob, is I, I, I sort of disagree and agree with your point there. But I think you're talking of, of a different calibre of riders here. So, <clears throat> for instance... Um, we talk about Tom Brennan at Bellevue. We're talking about someone who's not been disgraced in the Premiership. Um, and then you could also look at the other end of the spectrum with someone such as Ace Piper, who's, who's matured and developed in the National Development League. So the the difference between the two riders is, is still quite big. But why should there not be a rising star in the Premiership or the Championship? Should there not be both? Or should we differentiate between the two? I I personally think that you should have, if you can have a rising star, that a, a select group of riders as such as, as uh, set reserves. I think they should be in the championship um, rather than the Premier. I mean, obviously Tom Brennan's done very well, I, um, but obviously there are, there are some riders that will that will sort of swim um, when they get sort of thrown in at the deep end in the Premiership, whereas some will sink. Um, you know, in terms of that sort of thing, you could probably look at. Um, the likes of sort of Jack Smith in, in in previous years, where they've had that Premiership team spot, and they, it just hasn't it hasn't quite worked. They've not been ready for it. Obviously, for every Jack Smith, you get a Tom Brennan who's obviously ready for it, and he's moved up into the main body of the team. But I think uh, as younger riders could develop in the Championship, and I think you should try. You know, the point of having a top league, surely, in my opinion, is you should try and have it as the top league has got your top riders in it. Rather than having a rising star in it, I know they've got to put get in there eventually, um, but I yeah, I'm, it's it's a tough one unless you you get on the route of um, sort of like a Polish route where the the reserves in all the leagues have got to be under twenty one and Polish. But 
you, most of the top top tier Polish sides have have the better under twenty one poles in their team. So I suppose you could go down that route, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they've got a way of... I'm not thinking there's a way of doing it. So the Rising Stars, you've got like a, a grade four Rising Star, which is your top end, and then you've got like a grade one. You, you know, you limit the premiership to grade four and grade three, um, rather than sort of... To, uh, that means that teams don't have to... Don't go sort of really top heavy and then just have a one... Uh, a grade one Rising Star rider to sort of balance it out. Because they're probably, you know, nine times out of 10, that one, that grade one's not going to quite be ready. So, you know, if you're going to do it, maybe do it that way. Just limit it to that. And then the championship has the two and has the twos and ones. Okay. I'm not sure. Well, I, um, I would I, I, just I, I, get rid of it for the premiership. <clears throat> Quite simple. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to let someone else join in the conversation now, because I'm delighted to say Paul Bowen's joined us on the call. So big welcome to you, Paul. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. How are we doing this evening? I'm good, guys. Big fans of yourself. Glad to be uh, in with you tonight. Oh God, I'm starstruck, mate. I feel like a celebrity. <laughs> You're starstruck. I've listened to you guys pretty much every BSN travel uh, this year. Oh, my God. I'm really so sorry. Like, not, not <laughs> only we've been mentioned on BSN, we now get listened to by BSN as well. I don't know yeah. what to do now. I've gone all I've gone all flush in the cheeks now. I don't know what to do. No, so. I mean it must be we must be we must be due on BSN next season, are we not? Little commentary job, I reckon. Yeah, let's get you on. Let's get you on. This is gonna end in flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm swearing on live TV, and I'm, I'm doing that. I think. Not again. No mind. <laughs> anyway, it's it's great to have you on the show, Paul, and, and thanks for the kind words. And um, I think we just we, we, it's been a long time coming to get you on the show, and obviously with the AGM that's happened this week, um, it's nice to have someone who's who's heavily involved in the sport to to join us on the show to almost dig through. Um, what has come out of it? Um, we just have been having a slight discussion about um, some of the ins and outs of the actual AGM. What are your initial thoughts of what's come out of it? Early doors. Some stuff, obviously. I've did a video a long time ago. I'm still not happy about. But to be fair, it looks like this year they've actually sort of had a sit down, sort of looked to a bit more towards the future, not just changed helmet colours. And they've they've come out with uh, with the transponders really, which I think is an absolute bit a bit of a, a really good move. Really, really excited to see it. It brings a lot more than than just live timing. I think um, out of every single rule that's come up this year, I think transponders is the one that we've banged on about the most mm. throughout the course of the last season, and I think. It is the biggest one that's come out of this season for us, and to bring that in is. I wouldn't say it's rejuvenated the sport, but it's almost brought it on to, shall we say, the 21st, 22nd century. Well, well, yeah, you know, I've done motocross, you know, since schoolboy days and, and back in the 90s, we had transponders. Um, obviously, you know, you need it when there's there's 40 or 30 riders. It's impossible for a, a woman in a, a lap scoring van to write down all the numbers in a speedway. You've only got four riders. But for me, what people need to realise is the data that you can get from a transponder. So obviously there'll be live timing each lap by lap. And for me, I'm hoping that the the Speedway team are are thinking along these lines is you can then sell that data to people like Bet365 or Sky Sports betting or whoever, and you can can give them physical data. You you don't just say, oh yeah, Max Frick's on a 10 point, so he'll win this one and give these odds. You need actual live timing data from different tracks and 
And hopefully the, the betting companies can use that or they can put it to the betting companies to give sponsorship, more money, and hopefully bigger sport. I think um, and as, uh, that I agree with. And also in terms of the clubs themselves, I think it's important that riders, in terms of their development, if, you, if you're recording <laughs> lap-by-lap times, riders will know where they're going right, where they're going wrong. And there's there's room for improvement within individual riders within a team. Yeah, definitely. You know, especially if, if they ca- if they can separate it. Um, a lot of the new, new transponders, I believe, are like GPS. Um, so you know, you, you'll be able to time bends one and two, and two and four, and look at the straights. I imagine. And like I said, you can then go to people and say, look, you know, you're losing your speed coming out of three. Or when people say my engine's not fast enough, well, actually, down the straight you were pulling the same speed. It's just the fact that you knocked it off a bit earlier, so it might it might shut a few of the uh, dad dad my engine's not fast enough <laughs> up a little bit. <laughs> but no, I think it's it is it is a good a very good thing I think this year, and, and I'm glad that they're they're moving on board. I, I believe it was Scott Courtney's um, push, and um, and. I've spoke to Bellevue in the past and they were very keen for it because I believe they've actually got a transponder cable in that track ready. Yeah. I think they had to have that for the... Um, bu- 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 FIM, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think most FIM tracks will have that. So I believe Glasgow will probably have it as well. But I think it's it's an interesting development for for all clubs across the board. And that's, that is that is particularly one I'm looking forward to. It'll stop, it'll stop the rollers at the start. Um, I don't know if it will. Will it stop the rollers at the start? I assume it will it will test their reaction times as well. It, it depends where they put the line. Obviously, if they put the line on the white line itself, then potentially, yeah. Um, personally, I, I'll, I have nothing against a little roller. Love a cheeky roller, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. If if, that, if that's how they want to go, they could they could do it on that. But you will get you know everyone moves a tiny little bit, but whether it pick up you know if you moved half a meter or something, then yeah, boom. You know, it might show up. I don't know on that score. I've always said this, and I've said this to these two as well. Like, I personally don't have a problem with people rolling at the start. It's um, there's a whole mechanical behind this mind games. Call it what you want, but unless somebody actually touches the start and isn't rolling to a ridiculous amount, I don't see the point. I don't see the problem with anticipating a start or having a slight roll on the go. No, I don't. I, and I've always, I've always never understood the fact that when you get a blinder of a start, the red light goes up and hang on a minute, he's not touched the tape. So he's in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've just, you've just got a mega star. I, 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 I've seen it many times at Bellevue and some famous starts before. I think we had one on BSN where he literally just got it bang on. And he got a red light. Why should you be t- penalised for it? If it, if you touch the tapes, out. If you don't touch the tapes, crack on. Yeah, I'm f- I'm fully behind that one. But yeah. um, just going um, before we go into a conversation with you, Paul, about what you've been up to of recent, I just want to run through some some AGM details as well. So um, obviously, there's the, there's the new there's the six remaining teams from the Premiership this season, and then Leicester are joining in as well, and. Um, I think what's quite big for Leicester um, is the acquisition of Chris Harris and Max Frick for the beginning of this season. And uh, certainly Max is a Grand Prix rider and Chris is a, is a veteran of the British League. Um, two great signings for them. Yeah, uh, obviously Max Frick was a bit early, wasn't he, with the uh, Polish app? I think everyone knew <laughs> before. Uh, a bit naughty. 
Um, but yeah, Max Frick for me is a mega rider, and obviously Chris Harris. I think you just you're buying you're buying a box office when you get Chris. You're not just getting a a guy that can win every time. You get a guy that puts on a show. So you know if if Chris can teach some of that antics to to other riders as well as just you know scoring points, it's a, it's a plus in it because there's never a dull moment, is there? We bomber about. No, no, definitely not. And I think. Um... Um... What this is certainly in, seems to be introducing, and Rob brought it up um, a couple of days ago, we, we already have three Grand Prix riders back in the British League uh, next well, season. Well, assuming Bellevue, of course, do sign Bewley like the Polish well, app yeah. has said they're going to. <laughs> if but, the Polish app is anything to go by, then um, what, we're going to have Doyle back, we're going to have Bewley, we're going to have Frick, um, maybe oh. some more to come over as well. Uh, David Belago has obviously come back to Sheffield. Uh, this season, um, Tobias Musilak is there, Jack Older there. We, it's a high caliber of riders coming over at the so moment. There's a good rider going to Kingsland, isn't there, Nathan? <laughs> what, Freddie Freddie Yar- Jakobsen? No, no, he's, you know this one's bald. Don't don't even wind me up. Okay, but, but, but these are the sort of riders that are coming over. If 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 Christoph Kasperzak comes over, I'm liable never to watch Speedway ever again. But <laughs> the riders we've got currently signed on, uh, um, it's attracting. Uh, people will come back to the sport again. Yeah, no, big names is a, is a big thing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you get a big name, it's a shame, like, we can't get Ty back. Um, it does put bums on seats, I suppose, but at what cost to the clubs? You know, you can't... It's great if the clubs can, can get these riders in, um, but it's got to be profitable. You can't just say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll sign you know, tie, but he wants 100 grand a meeting. It doesn't work, does it? So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's good that a lot of riders are coming back and it can only mean that really they're, they're taking note that British Speedway is sort of coming back maybe and uh, long may it continue. We hope so. And and obviously we had um, the situation regarding Robert Lambert at Bellevue last year um, coming back for... A few meetings. Uh, I think us as on the pod, we discussed um, we, we had no real issues with Robert coming back, but it all seemed to um, not end in tears, but left a sour taste in your mouth regarding him not coming back. I mean, he was declared injured. I've I've asked for answers from both promotions, and I've I've heard nothing back from either of them regarding his non-arrival at Kings Lynn. Um, but these are the sort of things that we should be looking to avoid. For me. Um, also, I had a lot to say about Nikolai Clinton Jakobsen actually coming back to this country as well towards the tail end of the Polish season. These are the sort of riders we should be getting in. And it, it would appear, I would like to think, that Clint would be back as well, hopefully with Kings Lynn, with Jakobsen, that these riders will be starting the season in the UK. Yeah, it would like to say it was... <laughs> the thing is with the, the Lambert situation, you know, that the rules were as clear as mud. Um, which is a, <laughs> yeah. is is a problem with some of the rulings in there, um, but yeah, it's one of them. It is what it is. You know what would have been the other options if you can take them, then take them. Um, maybe you know you've shown them a bit of light. Obviously, the amount of stick that like Robert Lambert got from say other sort of teams and whatnot, you think, well, do I want to come back? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So. For him, I don't know other riders. You know, they've just got to see what offers on the table. I suppose. Yeah, we said the same. Like, if you were Robert Lambert, would you really want to come back? Given the the abuse that he was given 
in he was almost collateral damage in a situation that could have been avoided and I almost felt that Kingsland and Bellevue used him as mar- as a martyr a slam a lamb to the slaughter almost because he he declared himself unavailable on the Sunday Bellevue were aware and I'm I'm adamant that Kingsland were aware and they used it as a as a marketing tool almost to get extra people through the gate so this, these are the sort of things that we want to avoid going into next season. And I think to a certain extent, the AGM has created, has almost made it. I'd like to think a lot of people haven't got anything to moan about anymore. I'm sure there will be. There is still a lot that we can moan about. In fact, I'll come to you now regarding something Rob just brought up before you come on. The rising star um, in the Premiership. Um, he disagrees with it. I tend to. I can see that there's a place for a rising star in the Premiership and the Championship. What What do you think? Yeah, for me personally, you know, obviously, you know, I didn't. I don't know if you were in the video I did talking about the the league jumps, if you like. Personally, I'd like to see rising star predominantly in the Championship um, and potentially two as well, like six and seven. Um, so you don't get the problem that we had. Um, I think it was Pool and Plymouth where there was they had to use five national league riders because there's no riders left. And I think that's a big thing that the speedway in general need to understand that the riders are getting less and the quality is almost getting down, if you like, because the they can't progress. You know, you're getting people like Kyle Bickley that are winning the national league but are struggling in the championship. But he's a really young rider. And then when you look who's below Kyle, who's going to fill who's going to fill Kyle's boots? Do you know what I mean? So I would like to see more championships soften down a little bit, especially the lower level, your six and sevens. And then you know if you've got say a Leon Flint that's riding at, at number, well I think he was riding at five to be fair, wasn't he? And, yeah. and either one I believe then, yeah, get the young lads in as a rising star. That'd be fantastic in the in the Premiership. For me, the Premiership is a top-level of speedway, should, so should be top-level speedway. Do you know what I mean? That's almost like getting Man United and then just saying, oh, we've got a little lad from the village and we're going to let him play with uh, with all the top players here. Um, obviously, that's an extreme example, but for me, United, yeah, it? for me, it's the, it's the top-level of speedway and that's what it should be. But you have had the likes of Tom Brennan, Leon Flint, who have just shown absolute, you know, real determination. They've got into the main body of the team. They are what British Speedway needs and is the future of British Speedway. But then you look at, say, you know, dare I say, Jordan, um, not Jordan Jenkins, Jordan Palin, lovely lad, coming on really well. Was it a step too much for him? You know, he's, he's a young lad, puts a lot of pressure on himself, I think. Um, and I think it kind of put him off a little bit. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's examples. There's there's a lot of positives. I think uh, Dan Jilks would have had a tremendous season with Peter. Oh Green. yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to him coming uh, back. By the way, next year. Yeah, I've come. I'm, I'm disappointed he'd signed for Peter in Poland, and and they've now folded, which is disappointing for him, obviously. Mm. But riders well, like I, I um, think Peter have come back. Actually, I think do you know? I was going to raise that today because I saw their team was still showing on the website. And I think it's just like. It's, I don't know. I think the people that owned it have left and someone else has taken I don't really look into the bottom division of Peeler, but they're still signing riders, so I assume they're still going to be taking part. Yeah, but, but the this, logo and everything's I mean, changed, so I think it's just been got, taken over. 
you've got riders like um, I know uh, Leon Flint and Drew Kemp struggled at times. Um, uh, Jordan Jenkins found the going tough, but I think even with Kings Limber myself, Jason Edwards and Jack Thomas, I think, had tremendous seasons. Um, Tom Brennan obviously was absolutely brilliant. I, I don't. I think Daniel Hume had a really good season at Ipswich. Yeah, Anders yeah. Rose struggled at times. We, we've, we've got riders at this level, and then we've got riders coming through um, at Berwick National Development League. We've got Ace Piper. We've got Mason Watson. Um, we've got the Thompsons coming through as well. My problem is we've got, and as you've alluded to, Paul, there's riders at different levels now, and there's not. We can't bridge that gap between a Premiership. If I look at Poland, Freddie Jak- Jakobsen, who signed for Kings Lynn at reserve rides in Poland not at reserve yeah yeah and then, and, then, and then he comes into Kings Lynn and rides at reserve people like Jason Edwards Jordan Jenkins they don't stand a chance really and that is the the levels that we're working with I think we're we're quite comparable with Sweden um probably at a slightly higher level than Denmark at the moment but Poland is where we should be looking to raise the bar to at the moment yeah, well, but Poland is is the mecca, isn't it, at the moment of of speedway, um, and and they, they're doing it right. It's hard to argue that they're doing something wrong when everything's that good. Um, and obviously, it is more popular, so you will get more interest. You'll get more riders. Um, subset, you know, subsequently, you, people that are, are watching it will go. Oh, I fancy a go at that. Whereas as here, because it's not as well marketed, you haven't got the riders wanting to do it. Now, you know, I think you're still getting quite a few lads into it. I think we need to push as well more of riders getting into Speedway. You know, get yourself to these motocross meetings, maybe. Um, I've, I've talked to before about getting like ATPI. We were on about the guys there, you know, setting up a stand and getting motocross riders, road, raid, road racing riders into Speedway to get more of a level that we need because we're, we're short on levels um, as well, we're sort of on good riders. We've got quite a few riders, but it seems to be like you know you go from like a rider that's probably like myself, you know, has a little go, runs at reserve national league, yeah, and then there's a big gap between your ones in the national league and then your championship. So getting some top ten British motocross lads, top ten British road racing lads, and bringing them on because it's proven with the likes of Dan Bewley, Craig Cook, Stephen Worrell. Um, Louis Kerr, do you know what I mean? All motocross lads at a high level have come over to Speedway and doing really well at it, so it's, it's one for us to think about. Yeah, and I find it interesting as well this season that there's there's a plethora of British riders moving over to Polish as well, whether it be Extra League, Liga 1, Liga 2. With a World Cup year coming up this year, riders like Steve Worrell, Richard Lawson, um, who else is there? Anders Rowe, Tom Brennan, they've all dipped mm. into Polish Speedway this year. With the introduction of the under twenty four league in Poland last year as well, I think um, I know Jason Edwards took part in that as well. There's a good platform for him to to take on this continent scene. Yeah, again, like I say, obviously, why wouldn't you go um, you, for for the for these guys? You know, it's extra riding time, extra experience on tracks that are proper, the setups that's proper. You know, if, I think any rider here, if they got the opportunity to ride in Poland. You'd take it, and it's fantastic that we can get out there really and, and learn the craft over there and, and see what they're doing different. And the under 24 league again is great, do you know what I mean? Because 21 really, you're still at school, 24, you, you kind of you're still a young speedway rider, 
Um, so the fact that they're doing that league is is quite good. I don't think in Britain, I don't think we could do a league at under twenty four because I, I personally don't Definitely. think I, I don't think I think you'd have to do about a five team rider. Um, I think you'd only have five teams potentially. I don't I don't know. I don't have any stats in front of me, but I bet I bet you won't be many teams. Yeah, no, no, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, and just moving on to to some other bits that have come out of the AGM as well, and. Um... In the main, as we say, quite good, I think. Um, 39 as a points limit in the Premiership, 40 in the Championship. Are you happy with that? No, no, personally not. Obviously, you know where I stand. Um, I've seen the video, the, the Facebook yeah. video that you've done, and, and I was quite intrigued by what you were doing, and it made perfect sense for me. And it, I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, have you ever received any feedback on that video? Yeah, to be fair, um, I don't know if I get in trouble for saying this, but uh, I believe it was shown at the AGM, um, or last year's AGM, I believe. Um, And a lot of the guys got it. I've had um, a lot of the top guys that have understood it and and know what they need to do. But then I think a lot of people that are, are up in that level are just choosing to ignore the video, really, and ignore the fact that I've picked up the problem um, that's there and just kind of think, well, it, it's not now, so we'll just carry on as we are. Whereas I think a lot of the guys that understand the video realise that it is a problem, it does want solving, and it's only going to get worse, which is what it's doing now and last year, in this season. So it's not, I've already proven the point this season with what's happened. Yeah. Um, and I think as a, as a promoter, I don't understand how you cannot see the problem. As a speedway, we can all see it. So how can these guys not see the problem? Yeah, I think the problem is obviously if you're a promoter, you've got to understand that you're going to then try and sell. You've got. To, I think promoters really want to. They need to understand what league do they want to be in. How much money do they want to make or lose or you know, what is their goal? Because prime example, pool, all right? Nothing against pool, good good club. Um, why are they not in the premiership? They've won the championship, so they've won the second tier of Speedway, but they don't want to go into the first tier because I believe it goes from a Wednesday night to a Thursday night. Yeah, I, I, no idea, don't get that. I, don't, I, I could understand if it was a weekend, um, unless it's because football's on or something like that down there, I, I don't know. Um but it just screams odd. Why would you want to dilute a product and then, do you know what I mean, and just win it anyway? Why would you not want to progress and go up? <clears throat> I just, I just, it just it just baffles me. So then you've got the people like Poole and then you would have a team like, hmm, dare I say it, Workington, that's not on the same money income as Poole. So, it, you know, it, but that was a middle order speedway track. It was better than National League. It wasn't top flight speedway. So you need to you need to decide, are we selling National League, Learning League, a tenner? Are we selling Championship Speedway fifteen pound? Are we spend are we selling Premiership Speedway twenty pound? And and in that pricing structure, you need to have different levels. And I think they need to figure out who is at what level. 
it's interesting you say that. And Kane, you might well cover your ears now while I slag your club off. But <laughs> be careful um, what you say. I can stop well, the recording. <laughs> Workington almost in their final season seem to be, and then they're not the sole club responsible for this, but need to seem to be outselling their means. As you seem to point out, they didn't under they didn't really appreciate what league they were in. Uh, Kane, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had um, Clint, they had Rene back. Um, who else did they have? Come on, Rasmus Jensen. Uh, yeah, Rasmus um, Jensen. There's, um, there's three. I mean, three else. riders. Proctor, Dan 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 in the second league that's almost outselling their means I mean I don't know what they're paying these I, guys I did hear a rumour that we had one of the biggest wage bills at the end of the year that's, and that's what I'm talking about they're, they're riding in it are these promoters trying to win championships by outselling themselves I don't think we actually built like, it sounds bad like, but I don't think that team was built to win the league because we we, we didn't have unlimited money like we did ten years before with um, Thomas Armstrong. It was always run on a budget, and it sort of overperformed. But you know, okay, but, I suppose yeah. when you win, I think it was because we we're winning away, like Ty Proctor said on his episode. It was um, it's winning's away is the problem. Yeah, winning at home is sustainable, but when you start winning away with big riders like that and big figures, and we had when like no home matches in. for three months or something. Yeah, it was a bit but again, you only had to you only had to look at the stands at Workington. Like I loved going to Workington, yeah. um, but you looked at the stand like again as a, as a you know everyone can say oh yeah, but you're a businessman, but you've only got to look at the stands, right? So I always look at the stands and I go right, there's 300 people here, say or 200 people here at twenty quid each, right? You know that's X. Okay, we've got a rider there. He's just scored ten points and he's on hundred quid a point. Hang on a minute, you've just you've just wiped out a quarter yeah. of the fan base with with one rider's wage. Do you know what I mean? And there's six more of them left. Mm. So I, I think either riders need really need to get realistic as well. All the clubs need to say right, you know, we can only we're getting four hundred fans or five hundred fans. It equates to seven thousand pounds. By the time we we take off our ambulance fees and insurance. This is what we're left with to pay the riders. So that is the quality of riders that we can afford. I think Not one of the, the big issues at Workington as well was the rent as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. now we've got the new stadium. I think it, it's a lot easier. Oh, it, yeah. But yeah, but it, then, even without it, it's going to yeah. be a problem. But then we'll go to down a league. We'll go to Mildenhall, say, that are yeah. solely trying to be in the National League. Or we even yeah, or even Isla White, um, you know, when he fell out with, with everyone. Um, and fair play to him, you know, sticking his, his neck out. They're trying to make the national league better than what it is. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't like the national league, go up into the championship. You know what I mean? If that's if it, if it's if if you want a better lot of riders for your fans, then go to the championship. If you can't afford the championship, then stay in the national league and get the riders that go with it. And it's the same. If you want to stay in the championship, fine, but you can't have Premiership riders. Really, the Premiership League should be the biggest league. It should be, you know, nine clubs or whatever, then what, seven clubs in the Championship. I suppose a uh, question for you then is, what what do you class as a Premiership type? Is the riders we have in the Premiership now a Premiership type rider or are they Championship type riders? Um, well, well, we'll take Bomber. We'll take Bomber. Bomber's a, a Premiership 
rider out and out. He, he, you know what I mean? He can't be in the championship. He's too yeah. good of a rider. He, you know what I mean? How, how, how is like you know? We'll go back to Jason Edwards versus Chris Harris. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the world apart ish. Although Jason, to be fair, has been doing very well lately. Um, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Or we'll take, for instance, you know, Harry McGuirk. He got some championship rides this year. Big difference, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and embarrass think- and and sort of if you're watching it and there are a lap in front, that's not good speedway. That. No, I think we uh, Kane actually pointed out with Harry, it almost dented his confidence. Yeah, it did, and again, yeah, it did. Development league form by yeah. riding for um, Harry's a fantastic rider, and he's really smooth. And you could see, and I've I've seen it in other riders as well that when they come into the championship, you know, they'll go out in the national league, they'll do really well, they'll come to the championship, and they'll all they'll almost hold the clutch in a little bit at the start so they don't make a start. I see it because they're scared. What of hitting the first bend? Yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. So I've that's seen, I've seen, I've seen at least three riders do it this year, and that's quite, that's quite damning, really. Like, um, mm. I suppose we, as fans, we almost take speedway riders for granted that they all want to be in there in the mix. But I suppose if you're short of a bit of confidence and you're unsure of the league, then you don't want to be hitting it for a drift, for a breast going into that first bend. Nah, now like I say it's a, it's a big deal. When I got um, I got an outing at Workington very early on, uh, too early on. I think they just run out of riders really, um, I and I was available. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah, it was just it was just too much for me. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was I was well off the pace. Do you know what I mean? But again, like you were that nervous that you just didn't want to sort of get in there and it again it you went because you 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 ride a little bit tense and slower you get slower do you know what i mean whereas really you know your likes of of leon flint and and people like that it kind of is if they can as mentally strong enough to blanket then it's great but as a jump it's a big jump and it is a big jump i remember lining up next to danny king thinking what am i doing here i've, I've been on a speedway bike four months <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and as we we'll move move on to then to some other. Um, there's a couple more talking points I really want to speak to you about. Um, uh, I suppose the point scoring system now uh, reverting back to the two points for a win. None. F- uh, we'll just concentrate on the north for a lose and a one for a draw at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's as broad as it is long. To be fair, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't quite remember the old start scoring system or, or whether I was just unaware of what was going on as a rider. Really, It was like this. I, I can tell you now, it was like this. Back in uh, the, when I used to first go in the 90s. Was it? Right. I, yeah. I, I, again, like something like that, it's it's all relative, really, whether you score four points. I, I think it is better. You, you should get more points when you go away, personally, because it is, it is harder, so you should... I would have thought get more points, but obviously a win's a win, and and that's what it is now. So for me, it makes no odds. It makes absolutely no odds. I don't know, you know, my, my older people might understand it more. It's a bit easier to understand, to be fair, because I'm assuming that it's a home and away, isn't it? Two points, two points yeah. if you win at home, two yeah. points yeah. if you win away. Yeah. yeah, well, that's simple to be fair because 
again, a, a big thing for me is trying to tell outsiders of Speedway how Speedway works. So, for instance, in the old pouring point scoring scheme, it was like a you needed about a five bullet point um, of, of what, you know, oh, well, if they went away and scored more than six, that'd be four points, but less than six is three points. But if you're at home, you can't score four points. Do you know what I mean? It, it'd be very confusing as an outsider to, to name the point scoring. So that's fair play, I think, for sort of simple in it, which is what it needs to be. I think um, this is something we've had with various other guests, and especially the international guests that have come on the show. They almost laugh at us a little bit that how difficult it is to understand. And I, I do appreciate, I, I was always brought up on the 2-1-0 um, scoring form, but I can also appreciate that the, the most recent scoring form makes a league more interesting and it keeps meetings tighter, um, especially away from home where teams might struggle more, um, especially my team. My team of Kings have always traditionally struggled away from home wherever we get. So we're always in meetings towards the end. But I I almost feel that the two one zero is easier to understand at a time when we're trying to introduce more fans to Speedway. And, yeah. and particularly over the last few years, I would say, two, three, four years, we need to introduce more fans to Speedway. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, for me, if they could have done that and done the one to seven in order, I think they'd have they'd have cracked it. Um, but but obviously they still want to be confusing with that. But no, it's it's good that they've they've simplised that. I think that's a, I think yeah. Thinking about it now, I think it's a good, I think it's a good point that they've done. Um, obviously, whenever they decided that point scoring, it seemed like a good idea at the time. But the old the old expression goes, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. And two two one zero just sounds easy and simple enough for everyone, really. Yeah, I, I suppose it probably wasn't broke uh, and they decided to fix it. But one thing that, that Rob brought up earlier is the superheats. And the superheats will be the death of me because I could sort of understand it if it was live on telly to add that little bit of extra drama. But Rob raised something quite big today. So if you draw 45-45 at home, you get a superheat. You then draw 45-45 away from home, you get another superheat. Do you get a third superheat on top of that for the bonus point? I can see in your face you're looking confused already. So I can I, I tell you what, I'm reading it and I can answer that question for you actually. I know I brought up the topic, but I should have read the last sentence anyway. But so if you draw forty five, forty five at home in the first game uh, first match, it's one superheat, fine. Uh and then if you draw again away from home, it's one superheat which decides both the aggregate bonus point and the point on the night. But is that so, not a different uh, to the away team? Yeah. Should you not um, have a, This is why I don't understand the superheats. I just don't understand the point in it. What's super about it? <laughs> One point. One yeah. point. <laughs> I, I think we, we, we mentioned it before that um, as I think they put it in the premiership this season for TV. I think it's all like TV. Like The, the best way I could liken it to is in ice hockey – there is no loser. There's always a shootout. There's an extra period and then a shootout to decide who wins the match. Um, in the same way as like a cup competition in football, where you'd have a penalty shootout at the end. So I can sort of see it with a bit of drama, but I'm not entirely sure <clears throat> it sort of holds the same sway as, say, a, a penalty shootout or a shootout in ice hockey or anything like that. I don't think. Yeah, no, I think, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, like to be fair, if you'd gone to say it'd have been a different scenario, but the pairs they were all on joined, um, 
Do you know what I mean? A super heat would have just been mega. Oh yeah, no, I think I think like a runoff type type of thing in in that in that respect, like in a pairs meeting makes would, would makes perfect set a lot more sense to what they actually mm. decided to do with that. What um, yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was pick a, pick a straw, bloody hell! I've seen it all. That's um, yeah, I yeah, I I'm not. I don't know. I, to be fair, in the in the meetings I've been to this season, I didn't actually see a super heat, so I can't no. really. I couldn't judge either way if it was really, you know, if people were excited about what they were about to see or not. But I think Peterborough had the most. I think Peterborough had two or three superheats this year. And they were the only team that saw a superheat. Is a superheat technically would be just Heat 15 or can you use the same riders or not? You can use the same riders. And I think if the superheat is then a drawn heat, you then select different riders. Oh, yes, it could go on, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a 4 3 2 scoring. Oh, I it? could be wrong. I just because I, I, I never saw one. I, I sort of, I've lo- I sort of lost interest when they announced it. To be honest, so I've not seen. <laughs> I one think either. you're thinking of Golden Heat, which is what like the hell is Golden Heat using the playoffs like years ago? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're thinking of Golden Heat rather than Super Heat. So, so I, I, think I think Kane, I think Kane's right with the Super Heat. So I think be... refresh my memory. I don't remember Golden Heat. I don't remember <laughs> playoffs. To be honest, yeah, I didn't see Golden Heat either. <laughs> uh, to be fair, you've probably forgotten what playoffs are at Kings Inn, but um, careful, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I think Super Heat, yeah, I think Super Heat's worth four three two zero off the top of my head. We might be wrong here, but Peter Rob, please let us know, please. You should be the only people to have seen one. I've not seen Golden Heat, Super Heats, or Special Heats. Seen I've seen a runoff. I definitely saw a runoff in the noughties. Lee Adams and Hans Anderson going for a bonus point, aggregate bonus point. So I that's no different. Smoke Lewis Carrot Newcastle in a runoff. That was pretty fun. So thanks, thanks for mm. the nostalgia there, just, boys. Just Much appreciated. The good old days. <laughs> <laughs> but as we move away from the good old days onto the to the current days, and um, I don't think there's to be fair. There's probably not a lot more come out of the the AGM um, um, this time. But... They did change the fixtures back to one each. In the... They did yeah, do that in the championship, was, didn't they? This is the one thing I wanted to bring up as well, Paul. What They they were going to run two and two in the championship, two home, two away. Um, they then decided that they wanted to remove, well, less meaningful meeting, shall we say. But then, as if you listen to our show last week, they brought up that they're going to have almost an interleague challenge between Paul and Leicester to make up for the Jubilee this year. Oh, not um, this. I, f- I forgot well, about I this. Just, <laughs> is that not like a meaningless meeting? Yeah, no, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, it is in my eyes. It's another trophy, isn't it? It's another trophy you get. But it's, a, it's a trophy from, like, from a meeting that they couldn't fit in this year. Because they've almost, it, for me, it feels like they've dragged the heels over fixtures this year. I, I don't think any club means to drag the the heels. Oh no, 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 sorry, I don't. I, mean I, I think I think weather's a, a big problem in Britain in general, really, and is it isn't it? But um, the th- the thing is, we've got the knockout club, we've got the pairs, we've got the jubilee, we've got the what else have we got? What's in there as well? Is it, and they do oh. the north, north and south, or whatever they're doing. Oh, they did. They did. The, they done the the knockout cup in the Premiership was a was a, a free two different leagues. 
Yeah, sorry. Jubilee um, three different leagues to meet in the Jubilee final. But I think they're going to do that similar next year in the in the championship as well. Yeah, they're there's a group competition, isn't there? But there's, they're um, going to have the league fixtures and a group competition as well, and a knockout cup as well, I believe as well. So yeah, I'd so. like to see. I'd like to see like the you know like the um, the FA Cup kind of thing in football, <laughs> football where you like start from the national league and work your way up. Yeah. That, I think that'd be quite cool. They used to do it in League Challenge, and I would, I would have enjoyed that as well. Can we start talking about Workington again? No. <laughs> uh, that was in 1976, I think, and they were in the second division. Steve Lawson beat, like, John Louis. It was amazing. Yeah, you were there, yeah. I, yeah, I was there, actually, somewhere. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, think, I, I think with, like, a Speedway FA Cup type of thing, obviously the, the um, doubling up would have to be sorted. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there's so many riders. There were so many championship riders last season racing in the Premiership. Anyway, if you add, um, think of a team, Rob. Think of a team. You know, I think yeah, you know, Paul would have added all their top three would have raced in the Premiership. So yeah, ride for Lynn, mate. That's what I mean. You know, imagine Paul versus King's Lynn being drawn out the first round. Who rides for who? <laughs> <laughs> Which again, really. So if you're a King's Lynn fan. How much do you pay, sorry, at your... 20 quid. Um, and how much is pool, do we know? I think it's the same, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Let me... Well, hang on. Let me... Ruin that point, isn't it? Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, would you be annoyed that someone's paying less to see your riders, the same riders? Oh, yeah. I've never thought of it that way, to be honest, but... Um, let me... I mean, let's, I let's see. 20 quid, to be honest, but... Okay, uh, just fill the fill the void, boys. I'm just out. I'm looking to see if I can find some prices. <laughs> so fill the void. <laughs> but I mean, I suppose that's another thing. Um, doubling up is, I suppose they do doubling up in all countries. To be honest, I've, I've been having a look at through some of the teams tonight in Sweden. They double up. Probably Poland's the only one where they don't have to double up. But but financial, think, yeah, don't forget double doubling up. Is fine. Doubling down is yeah. not. That's the difference. Do you know what I mean? So if if you're if you're yeah, riding, yeah, go on. Sorry. So if you're riding at say, like, let's do it how it should be. So one to seven. So one being your top rider, seven being your worst. Number five is the fifth in line, not the second. And number two is second, not the fourth. Um. So if you're say if your riders, uh. Three, two, one. You should equate to six. You should equate to seven, six, five in the next league. Yeah. So that that's fine. So so if you ride, say five, six, seven in the Premiership, you can ride one, two, three in the Championship. Yeah. But if you're if you're in if you're above, if you're in four, three, two, one in the Premiership, you cannot go down because it's that's essentially. Good. That would involve that would involve them readjusting the riding orders. Yeah, to be able to, I, I see where you're coming from because I was just about to say to you, how do you differentiate between, let's say, for instance, a Jason Edwards is he a double up or a double down, and a Richard Lawson is he a double up or a double down? So well, yeah, so hopefully that's Lawson. I mean, Lawson rode at number one for Paul this year when he wasn't even riding number one for Kings Lynn in the in the Premiership. So you've got a, a Premier a Championship number one. Who's riding at number five in the Premiership? 
it, it that sort of thing doesn't make sense. No, no, that's what I mean. It, it's just, it, it, that's where it's wrong. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Personally, yeah. I always, I kind of like, the, I always differentiate like a Premier, sorry, a Championship Heat leader is a Premiership second string, and a Championship second string is a Premiership reserve. Does that make sense? And then the Heat leaders in the Premiership don't race in the Championship, and the reserves in the Championship don't race in there either. Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like yeah, middle of the... yeah, that, yeah, that would work. Um, I got prices actually. Paul is eighteen quid. Yeah, I've found go. it now. So someone you doing your over for two quid. <laughs> <laughs> you get a program with that, Rob. Uh, not that I can. It doesn't say if you do or not. We're twenty-three so, quid, Lynn. We're twenty quid plus a free break. Free. I mean, I know. I know. This is uh, just a, an insert, to be fair to you. Yeah, from, I, I, mean, well, I know. Six months ago, I know that when Swindon were open in twenty nineteen, if you bought a ticket online in advance, you got a free program. But if you bought it on the day, you didn't get a free program. So, just taking the mic. Well, that one out. And then I did obviously at Oxford last season. They actually, it's I think it's advertises eighteen quid on the website, but then they say there's a one pound booking fee, but you can't pay on the gate. So the ticket is essentially nineteen quid. <laughs> I, it's really I, I remember reading that. It was like, so why why have you got eighteen quid when you it's fair, a one bought, pound booking fee? Yeah, I bought and you can't UK buy a ticket tickets. there. They said they were thirty seven quid, and somehow I've ended up with one hundred twenty two. I don't know where that come from. <laughs> <laughs> that, t- that time you paid your fees, your grandmas, you know what I mean, insurance and all that lot, next minute. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is a bit of a confusing one. But, yeah, at Swindon in 2019, it was 18. And then if you bought it in advance, you got a free programme. But if you didn't, you bought a programme. So, yeah. That's fair. Okay. okay. I think um, in the main, though, I think... I'd like to think we're pushing in the right direction now with the sport. Um, we're not there, but there's a lot of changes that have been made this year that I think are for the positive. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it again this year. The, the signings that have currently been made, uh, out of the very few that there are, are really, real good quality signings. So I'm looking forward to next season again. Um, just coming back to you then, Paul, and, and what, what you've been doing over the course of the last... We obviously touched on your video that was on Facebook, um, all very intriguing for me, and I really enjoyed that. But you've also been out to Denmark this year with the old electric bikes. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, yeah, obviously uh, there's uh, a lot of people... It's a touchy subject, this one. Um, but yeah, we, we like the gritty. Yeah. Um, dare I say it, 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 it is the future. Um it's not there yet, um, but there's a, a company. I was I'm very intrigued in sort of the future and all that lot, and I've been intrigued in electric um, now for quite a little while, mainly because I see it as more of a, a lot of people bang on about the environmental side, whereas I actually see it as a, a performance side because of what you can do with them. Um, and there's a, a firm I've seen, he's been doing it for over a year or two years, and he does the speedway side. So I've been keen to get out there, messaged him a few times, and he, he picked up my message. He was like, yeah, mate, come over. So within four messages on a Facebook, I booked a flight to Denmark for, you know, I think it was 60 quid with all my kit. And, uh, yeah, off I went. Um, really small setup. Um got the bike the bike as it is at the moment is equivalent to what ours would be a 150 so it's not they, they haven't got the 500 cc yet um i went out on that and really really impressed with the bike um as far as the 
future goes to, to the youth, I think it's probably the best thing since sliced bread. Um, as as opposed of getting kids into Speedway. So you've got to remember, as a lot of people hate the, the side electric, it doesn't make it, yes, it doesn't make a noise, no, it doesn't smell. Do you know what I mean? But you're, you say you're a parent and say these kids are six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever, a lot of kids are scared of actually the noise. They don't like it, um, which is why you'll see a lot of kids now that are on electric bikes, the revvies. You know, you'd have seen the four, five, six-year-olds on these little balance bikes. They're all electric. There's loads of them going. They're always around the park. Next progression, right, let's get you on an electric speedway bike. So they're not scared of the, of the motor. The motor itself is warranted for a year, which is unlike any any engine I know has got any warranty on, which none of them have. It's literally maintenance free. So a lot of parents now, it's, again, it's, an, it's a lost art. Not, not a lot of parents are mechanics now. Do you know what I mean? No one knows how to put a piston in or check valve clearances. It's all going um, with an electric motor. It's just plug it in and that's it. It's done. <laughs> Charge it up and go. So the advantages that it does is just phenomenal. Not only that, we could set up small speedway tracks in fields for the youth just to learn learn and learn on. If they then go on to a 500cc, great. If the electric then evolves and there's a 500cc, would the kids rather go on that? I don't know. So it's a, it's a big thing, and I think certainly the UK need to be looking at bringing it in the youth side. I know Denmark are doing for next year. They're letting it run side by side. They run 85 cc's over there, and they're letting them run electric and 85s. And I think once they allow that here, you'll see the switch to electric because it is better. Well, I think... Um... Uh, Nathan might have just nipped off for a quick uh, comfort break, so I'll uh, I'll yeah. butt in myself and come up with another question. Um, we, we, in terms of like the electric bikes, is, is um, would you say they're possibly are they like in terms of on the safety side are they slightly safer in terms of because obviously you see a lot of the time um, riders they hit a rut. Um, Cardiff was a big one this year. They hit a rut and the bike just sort of launches. You know what? Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like you sort of pick up a bit of drive out of nowhere and the bike just sort of launches now. Um, as I said, I'm not much of a mechanic myself. Don't really know how the ins and outs of a speedway bike work, really. But um, I know some people. My dad's one of them. Moans about the engine being a laydown rather than an upright now, um, and the bikes are a bit too powerful to control or, or whatever. But with it, in terms of electric bike, would it sort of sort of mitigate that possible risk? Would it pick up in the same way? Uh, it'll still pick up because it's it's still a, a wheel spinning. But when you knock the throttle off, whereas in on a, a mechanical engine, you've got a lot of inertia. Um, and the flywheel, the electric's instant, so it's almost like putting the rear brake on. Um, and you can actually set it when they're learning. You can program how much power you give a kid, um, but you can also do how much engine braking there is. So if they're a bit throttle happy, you know, you can turn your engine braking up. So as soon as they let go of the throttle, it kind of slows the bike right down, which, again, is a, is a good thing because these speedway bikes now are getting very dangerous. Um, but regarding to your, your dad's, I see it all the time. Like two valves were the best, uprights were the best. But you know, I've rode an upright, and they're not the best. I think it's just the fact that you know. I, I mean, think it's, it's just nostalgia. I yeah, it's, it's just nostalgia. And don't get me yeah. wrong, I'm riding an upright. It was fantastic to ride. It was it was great. Um, but I thought you know they were on about how fast they were. But I thought it was pretty sluggish to tell you the truth. And 
you know, if you got a rider now, you know, do you want to race a, a two valve upright or do you want to race a four valve? He'll pick the four valve all day long. So uh, I'm back now. I'm back from the comfort break. <laughs> um, I thought I bored you with electric. <laughs> no, just what you were talking about um, upright and lay down there, just from my own sense of mind, really, because I was brought up on upright. What What are the main differences between the upright and the lay downs? Um, from someone who's never rode a bike before. To, to be fair, for the, the, the upright, the up actually, the uprights ride nice in the fact that the weight is um, between your legs. It's, like, it's upright. The engine's upright, so all that weight is in the middle. Um, obviously, these engines, power-wise, are going to be a lot less because it's, you know, what, the 1970s? Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? So, obviously, the, the technology is a lot different. Um you know the carbs and all that lot so eight's a lot slower it revs slightly different and, and to be honest it was it was very much like having a weight in between your legs so it was easier i found it personally easier to sort of slide i think there'd be a great learning bike um they're easier to slide they haven't got as much poke so they don't spin up as easy which was the harder point but then the lay down, the weight is distributed from bottom to top. So it all, your weight, your weight isn't in one place. It's it's the engines which it is it's laid down. So when you're when you're pointing the thing, it's it's actually you know it's accelerating. The weight's a lot more balanced out. The engines obviously a lot faster because it's a lot more um, tuned. Do you know what I mean? We've we've, we've developed the engine, or the, the tuners have developed the engine in such a way that that the engine well it's like a mini missile really isn't it um and and sort of the riding style of it is is just it it's, it's hard to describe in voice how the weight is, is distributed it's basically just the weight distribution i'd say and the characteristics of how the bike rides now unfortunately because of the the like we said about the inertia on a laydown when that drives and it picks up then it just wants to just kill you basically that's the, that's the uh, technical term i suppose i suppose the the big question here and it's not that i've got a particular preference but are the laydowns too quick for the for the tracks in this country now or or is it a case of oh, I, don't, I don't know how to like i don't want to bash track curators here but is it that we don't know how to prepare a track for a bug that's so quick now no well I, the thing is, with any kind of racing, it's always the race of speed. So there's this, this same conversation in Formula One as there is in MotoGP and, and other sports. You know, people have made technology only advances, and people have made engines now so fast. And the problem is, all riders want a fast bike. Do you know what I mean? And but with that comes dangers, and you'll always have accidents. Do you know what I mean? It, it's we're riding a sport with bikes that have no brakes. If you think you're going to go through a season without anyone hurting themselves, I think you know you need to rethink what what the sport is. It's it's four riders going flat out, no brakes. Something's going to happen at some point. Um, again, with something like the electric, you can control that speed, um, whereas a, a, a four valve you can't. Maybe the the track guys need to get together because when you look at tracks like Bellevue, um, which is absolutely lovely to ride, it's it's the it's the top shelf of, of yeah, speedway tracks, yeah. 
Um, red car as well is is getting very similar. I think it is 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 great. Scunthorpe, I think, rides very. A lot of people slag it off, but I tell you what, considering how much that track gets used, I think it's it's a it's a good track to ride. Um, and other than than Zane having his, his off and, and a few others, do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's down to a bit of water maybe that could be could be solved. But maybe they just need to get together and say, right, what's Bellevue doing? Let's do that. But like I said, are the tracks too small? Do they need to adjust the shape? Probably, yeah, I, I would have said. I suppose yeah. where I'm heading with this and is, is a track that we've we've picked on quite regularly this season. Um, there's seen quite a few crashes and quite a few delays in meetings is Mildenhall. Uh, and oh, one thing I, I raised with um, Jason Edwards not long back is... Um, is is it a case with a track like Mildenhall that because it's National Development League, people don't know how to attack this track rather than, and they don't they don't necessarily have the throttle control that uh, a Bartosz Smarslik would have that they know how to ride this track, and it it almost makes it more dangerous than it needs to be. Uh, well, I can't really comment because you just pretty much give me up there because I've scored zero points from three times from going to Mildenhall. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, you know, flipping out, you only had to look the other. I think it was two weeks on a row, and I think there was something like five or five or four riders from each teams abandoning the meeting um, through injuries, um, which screams, you know, what I mean that track wants looking at. But to be fair to the track, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it, I think they are unlucky. Um, I don't think it helps having nuts and bolts that you see on track walk around there. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't know whether they just need to change something with the soil. I, I think the actual shape of the track is all right um, because north side, the old north side, that was sort of a, a well, it was a bit, it was a bit, you know, Mildenhall's a bit bigger, but it does ride a bit like I remember the old north side to ride. The problem is with Mildenhall, I think it, they just don't mix the grounding correctly. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's just rough. It's really rough. I think I just... uh, a lot of their problems is as well. They don't, uh, again, uh, uh, with Newcastle as well, they don't actually get access to the track until the morning of the meeting. Mm. When you have a 3pm start like they do at Mildenhall, it's difficult to prepare a track after a stock car meeting, as you say, with the nuts and bolts all on the track and everything. I mean, I went to Mildenhall back in April. Uh, some say I'm still standing there now. Um, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they did a twelve o'clock, didn't they, this week as well, didn't they? they yeah, the, the last meeting of the season was a was a five to midnight job. Um, I, I sort of feel a lot of sympathy with 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 them down there. Uh, when I went there, I don't think that the track was was particularly. I went there for the British Under Twenty One semi final. The track wasn't that bad. I don't think. I just. There was a four-man pile-up in, or three or four-man pile-up in heat three, um, and it was it was more to do with um, medical cover than anything else. And then there was another crash after that as well. Um, I, I just I just sense the feeling that a track like that is is difficult for even experienced riders to get on with, let alone novices who are getting who are making their way in speedway. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a hard track, like I say. I've I've never done very well round there, but surprisingly enough, like my last ride round there was like I, I I nearly went. Well, I actually decked it, but I was going for the lead on the on the last um, bit. I thought, but now I've cracked this track. I think it is a case of mastering it. 
because you've got the likes of Jason Edwards that will score 15 points most times he goes up there. He's just he just cracked it off, hasn't he? He just rides it. So it, it proves that, to be fair, it isn't all Mildenhall's fault. Um, but I think I think it's the surface of Mildenhall that's the problem. And like I said, it doesn't help the fact that they run at three o'clock. So we, we had a day that it was like blistering heat in the summer. Do you know what I mean? To get water onto that track, like you said, if they can't get onto it, in the middle of a British summer, it's very hard to for them to be very to be fair. Um, so, I personally think it wants it wants someone like Andy Meredith going down, rip, you know, ripping the track up, re- resurfacing it, giving some tips because they can obviously, you know, it, it can be done. It can, you know, they can the track does like look at Plymouth. I think Plymouth's a very well, you know, it's a good track for the set of how small it is. So they just when need not set fire to it. Well, when yeah, that was a bit weird. That, I don't know what that was about. Um, <laughs> I've never but, read that in my life. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Most of the time, to be fair, it does ride all right, Plymouth. Um, but Mildenhall doesn't seem to have that same success. So, yeah. personally, I, I think it's the surface. But it, again, it won't help them that they've got stock cars going round it all day every yeah. day. So they're not they're not going to put prime shale on it when you've got bangers going round it. No. No, I agree. Um, talking of Prime Shale, I, um, it's, it's took me on to another product from this year, Cardiff. I don't know if you were there at Cardiff this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, we were, us three were there. Um, we were dealt a meeting with less than Prime Shale, shall we call it? Um, if you're uh, if you're still at Millenor, mate, I'm still watching that under-21 meeting on a Sunday. So. <laughs> <laughs> should, should a meeting of that calibre Except that we we were dealt with less than prime shale. See, it's it's hard to say, isn't it? Because um, it, it's all it's all right in the stands to be fair, saying tracks crap. But how much ta- you know? What 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 could you have done? Do you know what I mean that they're obviously very experienced? Them track guys doing that track. They haven't got like Dave the Digger Man, have they? From from down <laughs> the road to to set it up. Um, so you know, have they just fallen unlucky? I don't know, but at the same but, uh, time, that that track put the men in the box. Like, you look at Dan Bewley; he never had any problems. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at um, Leon Madsen, who obviously had severe issues with that track. Maybe mm. as an experienced member of that Grand Prix lineup, his voice was heard more than anyone else's. But that's because he's high pitched. Yeah, <laughs> not as high as Bartos, but yeah, oh, it's Bartos in it. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but at some point, surely they knew that in preparation that that track wasn't suitable. And then after knowing what had happened during the, the Grand Prix itself, why then did they proceed with SGP2? Did they not think that this might happen again with less experienced riders as well? Maybe they thought they could fix it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they thought, oh, well, we'll, we'll go around with Tractor 85 more times and it'll... Pack it in every every two weeks. It was on the Sunday. Oh, was it? It was, it was painful. I got, I got home from Cardiff. I left before the meeting. I said, "Boys, I'm not staying for this." I got home from Cardiff to Norfolk before the meeting had finished. I think it was off the top of me. I think it was over four hours. I think, and obviously they didn't finish it because they didn't do the semi-finals or the final. Which I thought at that point I was at that point just crap, just do it, isn't it? You're there, just just get on with it. It's only three more roads. If you were going to abandon it, I thought they'd have done it after, say, Heat 12. There were little rumours going around the terraces and all that. They're on about abandoning this at Heat 12. And 
that makes a bit more sense. I mean, at least I'm not at least I'm going to be sat here for too much too much longer. But they cracked on till twenty, and then they abandoned it there, which was a bit of a you know three heats to games were just get on with it, I suppose. But um, I think I think Jason Crump made a put, said something. He said, "I've definitely ridden a lot worse, or we've definitely ridden a lot worse," which was yeah, tractor racing every uh, two heats was not not the best. Like, isn't it? It's, it's, it to be fair, it is one of them. Like, it, it is a speedway track. is is a mud shale track. Do you know what I mean? It's hard. It's not tarmac, is it? You can't get it perfect every yeah. time. Um, unfortunately, um, do you know what I mean? Bellevue, he's had it a couple of times. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just not quite been on point, but it's usually been down to weather or you know what I mean, the shale or the sun or what, whatever. Time problem. of day. Yeah, time of day. If you ask uh, Kane, it's acceptable at Bellevue. The racing, yeah, acceptable racing oh, at midday yeah. at Bellevue. I will never let this go. It's great in the evening, but it's only acceptable during the day. <laughs> um, but it, uh, maybe do the track creators need to get together and sort of write like a mini handbook? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, you know, we, we do this, we put this base down, we then put this on it. If it rains, we do this. If it's dry all day, we do this. Do you know what I mean? If there's a pothole in it, we put this in it. Do you know what I mean? Like a bit of a, a, a track Bible, if you like. And maybe that's something that Andy Meredith and team need to write together. Do you know what I mean? To say, you know, so they can share ex- problems really and experience because I feel like some people just don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it is tractor, Dave, that goes round. But um, do you know what I mean? You, you, you've got the likes of Northside that's popped up and that track just looks absolutely beautiful. Do you know can't what I mean? But, see, can't wait to see that. In yeah. But like, you know, God rest its soul, Stoke. Do you, oh, my God. Just... I, 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 I used to live in Stoke for about 10 years. That was my home track for a while. It was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I just looked. I just thought, how can you be proud of that? Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it was horrible. It is. It, it, no, no, and, and again, it falls down to a money issue, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But you know what I mean. Imagine if you could. You know why can't it look like Northside, or why you know why why can't it look like you know Sheffield like Sheffield's lovely I rode around that. That was mega. Do you know what I mean? They, they've obviously done something that other tracks can do. I think there's. There's a lot for this country to be proud of in 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 regards to tracks. I think Bellevue is 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 the pinnacle now. It is an absolutely probably better than Coventry ever used to be in its heyday. Um, but there's there's teams like Bellevue, there's Sheffield. I think Peterborough is a fantastic racetrack. Um, Scunthorpe, as you say, I think Leicester on its day can be a fantastic racetrack as well. So there's there's a lot of potential for these teams to build up to. Um, so I, I still think there's a lot of decent tracks in this country, but there's just a lot of elevation from other clubs as well. Yeah, there is. And, uh, and to be fair, the one that it just shows really the ones that are left are the ones that are, that do have good tracks and do put the work in. You know, like you, you obviously Stoke sold for you know other reasons. But if you're a if you're a club that's not really been bothered about your track and and then stuff like that, there's only one way it's going really. And that's how it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Like Coventry in its day, really. Coventry's, you know, it never, it's never invested any money in itself, has it? No. Do, do you know what I mean? And and yeah, it's you know, it is. A, I hope, I really hope that it, it comes back. Um, yeah. But 
looking at it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it sold for houses and that was one of the excuses. But if it was mint, would you sell it for houses? Or would you be like, this stadium was mint, let's keep this? Hmm. I mean, no, to be fair, I think that's a, that's a wider issue with a lot of, with, with plenty of speedway tracks sort of that are closed yeah. down. Like, even looking at my local club, Swindon, is the track, well, obviously in 2019, the track was, they reshaped the track. The track, the racing was a lot better in 2019 than it had been the last couple of years. They shortened it. But if I'm being totally honest, the stadium was an absolute dive, and it still is. I mean, they haven't knocked it down fully yet, but it's yeah, the stadium was a lot to be desired. But the track, you know, yeah, the, the racing was good, but the majority of people. Yeah. Team Again, with like, I look at Kings Lynn, and I think our stadium has gone completely the opposite and gone really good. The the track has taken a nosedive though, from from potentially the greatest. Or one of the best track curators in this country, in Buster Chapman. I must admit, I, just... I rode I rode it earlier this year, and I and it was it was a I, I remember riding it in my junior days and thought it was it was good. In fact, I actually beat Tom Bacon round there. That's my claim there. Um, <laughs> it was only my third, my third go on a speedway back or buzzy. Um, <laughs> but I went round it like having a bit more experience for oh, right i remember this track i liked it flipping it it was hard going it was it was i think it was they put clay on it or something it's clay oh my god oh my god a lot of people though. said that as well i look at riders that used to ride for lynn that then struggled after that they just couldn't ride the track and it and the race and i don't think has been anywhere near as it again i go back to the good old days but it's not it's not it's not been as good as it was a few years ago i don't think no, a lot of people say you, you need, you need, yeah, you need big balls for for Kingsley, I think, or just a good setup. Um, yeah, one or the other uh, will do you fine. But well, going going back to your, your 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 stadiums and that, what I'd like to see in an AGM is is potentially really a, a stadium director where they go around and say, you know, they, they need to be to a standard, really. Yeah. You know, the stadiums and be like, right, you know, your toilets are a bit of a mess. Sort them out next year. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, you know, it's like when you, you know, in business, like environmental health, we'll, we'll go, for, we'll, we'll do an example for my business. You know, they'll, they'll come round and they'll say, right, you know, you could do with with this. Do you know what I mean? They don't want you to do it there and then, but they'd like you in, you know, a year or six months for you to have a plan to say what you're going to do to improve your business. And I think the same would be good for for speedway tracks, really. But like, yeah, well, what, next year, what we're going to do. Is we're going to make the bar a little bit nicer because you know Dave's complaining that his shoes are sticking to the carpet, <laughs> <laughs> and he wipes his feet on the way out. Um, but do you know what I mean? It'd just be nice, really, if you, you like Bellevue. Obviously, I know Bellevue's. It, it, you know, it, it got a lot of help with grants and whatnot, and it's a it's a council thing. But you know, it's like you know Redcar. They've got that little that lovely little seating area, Leicester. I think is is another example of, you know, you don't have to spend a, a massive amount to to look nice. Yeah, totally agree. And one final topic that I want to just touch on with you, Paul, is obviously your involvement with BSN this year um, as one of the faces of BSN, um, the voice of BSN, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Although you didn't give us the mention on BSN, that was Ian Brannan that gave us the mention. I believe he was in an interview with Adam Royden when he interviewed us, uh, when he um, mentioned us on there. Did I? I thought I'd give you a shout out. I, when I, had, I, had one go and, I had one go and commentary at Birmingham. I did terrible. Yeah, I'm and, not, I'm not. Um, how, I mean, how did this How did this all come about for you? 
like getting yourself onto BSN and is it something that you're looking to build on for the future? Yeah, uh, to be fair, uh, Martin and Ben, um, known them for a, a bit with a red car. Um, and Martin um, asked me a while ago, or would I come up to um, an amateur meeting that they did? Because they, they wanted to do live streaming. Um, I think this was after COVID. Um, you know what I mean? Just just as a bit of a test, really. So I was in touch, and then when he set the BSN up, um, I just dropped him a message to say, hey, mate, you need any help? I'm here. Do you know what I mean? I'd be, you know, keen to get involved or whatever. And he was like, mate, you're already on my list. Um, so we all got together and, you know, we picked the, they picked the team. You got, there's myself, there was Hayley, you know, there's Lee, um, Ian and everyone like that. And Jason now coming on board and we've got Adam now. Um, and it's just such a fantastic team that, that we, that they've done. And you've got to remember that BSN really started from such a small idea, um, to, to, Really, I think it's been one of the best things in Speedway this year. Yeah, I think I think what irks me the most is, again, British Speedway fans have to find the negatives in everything. BSN has, has come from nothing, uh, built itself up over a season. There's always going to be teething problems. Um, Sky Sports and BT Sport and all that have teething problems, but they all they all choose to pick on the negatives within it rather than looking at the positives of. These are meetings that are being streamed that we wouldn't normally see or wouldn't have ever seen in in Speedway. All of a sudden, we're having the opportunities to see these meetings. Now, if I have to go without sound for one week because of a, a teething problem, so be it. I'm watching Speedway. And this is what it's all about for me. We're watching meetings that we wouldn't necessarily always go to watch. Oh, yeah, that's a flipping first, flipping it, even... Um... Even myself uh, got a few comments like, you know what I mean? Oh, he's, he I've seen them. I've yeah, seen he him. Do, yeah, I posted a thing like, and yeah. you've got to remember, it was my first time. You know, it was Haley's first time. I think I went in there a bit baldy, thinking I'd be like a Dana White of MMA and kick a couple of the fuck. Do you know what I mean? Which is what I think it needs. It needs a bit of like, bit of stir in the pot. Um, and I'm quite loud as well. Um, but and again, with the, you, you have to understand this did come from, like I say, it came from Mark, Martin and, and Ben, a two-man team, doing a bit of googling and, and a bit of researching to to do this product. And and yeah, there were problems, but every time there was a problem, it got fixed. I remember Ben and Martin having this conversation. You know, I think I think it was when to be fair, I think it was one or two or three times that there'd been a bit of an issue with a lagging or whatever. And Ben's just like, look, you know, we've got to buy this new piece of equipment now. End of, because we, you know, we're invested. We're invested this far, and the amount that this that this um, cost, I was like, bloody hell, that, that's you know, that's a dear investment now. And they went for it, and and it just and and something else went, and they bought something else, and something else went, and they bought something else. Hours and hours and hours they put into that, because um, you got to remember, like myself and Haley, you know, we just rock up a couple of hours before. Um, but Ben and Martin, they the, the guys behind BSN, it'd be unbelievable how much hours and money they put into that. And and yeah, it was hurtful for seeing a lot of the comments. But you look at the latest comments um, at the end. I think everyone will agree that we we, we they made a, a fantastic product, and yeah. I think we'll get a hell of a lot of signings next year. I think. Um... Considering it started off as a championship product, we've had championship speedway, we've had premiership speedway, we've had national development league speedway. It's had the lot on it. 
Um, and it's been around every track in the country, featured every team in the country. I, I just think it's a fantastic product. And it's something for um, myself, Kane and Rob, we know Ben and Martin through various other aspects of, of Speedway related stuff. And we can't thank you enough for what you've done on that. And it's been a tremendous product for us. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, like I say, I've, you know, I've fully, you know, I've really enjoyed being part of it. Um, really enjoyed seeing it grow. Um, there's going to be, like I said, there's Martin's that in fact already messaged in the group just tonight to say, no, he's got this new feature coming. Um, I might as well tell you, it's going to like they're going to do it so you can tweet in and it'll show the social post and you'll be able to get sort of almost interactive with the channel, which will, again, it's just constant improvements to hopefully give guys at home the, the best experience possible for Speedway. Lovely. Hashtag RTBcast. Boys, come on. <laughs> Get yourself, on. Get, get yourself in booth. I'll have an holiday you can get in. Oh, lovely. Um, I'll tell you, it's 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 been an absolute pleasure having you on the show tonight, Paul. It's, uh, for me, it's been one of the best uh, conversations that we've had on this show. Um, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, what I'm going to do, as we do with all our guests that come on the show, I'm going to hand you over to Rob, our top 10 questions. Quick, top, quick fire 10, Rob. We haven't had this for a while. No, we haven't. I can't remember the last time I did it. I, I did this one. I think the last time we had a guest, I wasn't here. I think it was on holiday. So um, I nearly, I've nearly lost my uh, questions, to be honest. But right, we found them. So we're all ready to go. Um, so we'll crack on. Uh, question number one, what's your favourite track? Bellevue. Uh, number two, your the favourite rider that you raced with? I would say Dan Verge. We've had some cracking battles and I love him nice one Um, number three your three favourite things about Speedway it's fast it's fast and it's fast (laughs) (laughs) Kane are you answering these questions I think I like them number four um, where was your first uh, professional race and where did you finish uh, Workington, last. <laughs> um, see, okay, that Workington track, mate, not very good. Nah, not good. I'll be fine. Be fine. Not good. Um, <laughs> number five, your uh, favourite speedway rider ever? Uh, Nicky Pedersen. Controversial choice, that one, but um, he puts bums on seats, to be fair to him, so I'll give him that. Um, right. Number six, your best moment in speedway? Uh, winning the league with Bellevue. Okay. Uh, number seven, your least favourite thing about Speedway? Cleaning bike. No, I think that's the first time we've done Oh, God. It does me, it does me head in. Uh, five hours to get that bike ready. This is another thing why I think, I think I like electric. You know, you plug it in and that's it. <laughs> um, what sport would you have done if not Speedway? Uh, well, probably motocross because I did that before. I still okay. do that now. Um, number nine, who would you pick as world champion next year? I just just because I hope it happens, Dan. Yeah, Ideally. yeah, that, 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 I think that'd be that's that'd be a popular uh, popular answer or here anyway. Um, and then number ten, the most important question, obviously, uh, for any reason, please pick one of the three clubs: uh, Workington Comets, Swindon Robins, or Kings in Stars. Oh, it's got to be working to comments, hasn't it? Love that. I'm still a com- I'm still a comment asset at the end of the day. Or he I is, was. actually. 
And he always what? will be. Kang didn't ever mention that, did he? I actually forgot. No, he didn't. No, that. all that prep didn't mention it. All that prep and didn't mention it. Well, to be, yeah, I think no, you, well. you are you bottom of that. You're bottom of that table at the moment. I think. Mate. I think Swindon are bottom of that table actually. No, 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 mate. We don't even exist, and we're still beating people. No, we are actually bottom. No, wait, Kings no, are the bottom. bottom. No, we're bottom. <laughs> oh, no, no change. Clint and Jakobsen didn't come on. That's why. No. I managed to be fair. I don't know. Do we have three three Oxford riders and they all pick Swindon? That was bold. I've enjoyed that. Yeah, they've obviously listened to the podcast. I thought we can't be having a, an Oxford rider saying he likes swimming on on uh, on a podcast or radio. That's not good. It's <laughs> good for me anyway. But anyway, thank thank you for that, Paul. Much appreciated. Um, we've really enjoyed having you on the show tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, someone that can give us good insight into Speedway and and the future, and we hope that the future is bright for for British Speedway. We, we're I think we all look forward to next year. I think Kane's probably looking forward to it as much as anyone with his track returning next year. Yeah, can't wait. Paul's going to be number one. Hey, I, I might, I might put my name out there. I might Go put on. my name out there. Go on. I'm a, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm a steal on a three point five. We already <laughs> you know it's it's made to happen. <laughs> well, we um, we look forward to seeing you again on BSN next year again, Rob and um, uh, Rob. Paul and seeing all the all the stuff that you're doing next year. But once once again, thank you for joining us on the show this evening. It's been a pleasure and we've enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, no, thanks again, guys. Keep up the good work. Make sure you're running next year so I can keep up to date with everything going on in Speedway on my travels. Uh, we'll definitely be running next year. We've got about two or three more episodes left this year. We're having a little bit of a break and then we'll be back in February again next year. Look forward to it. Cheers, guys. Lovely. Thanks very Bye. much, Paul. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Network.